Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, as you know, we always try to divide the rage from the reason on this program, and there's clearly a lot of rage going on out there. And sometimes you have to make that little course correction or remove yourself from a conversation. And we actually had someone on the program last Friday, and we always look for diverse voices on this show because we believe you can talk to anybody uh, about anything. It's how you do it that actually matters. And so we actually had on the program last week uh, someone who describes themselves as being from the liberal left. And we actually brought them on to talk about Speaker Nancy Pelosi and her trip to Taiwan. Uh, We thought this would be a good conversation. We thought this is someone who clearly supports uh, or would support Nancy Pelosi. And, And I happen to be one who did support Nancy Pelosi in going to Taiwan and her visit there for a host of reasons that we've covered Uh, And then we had this very interesting thing happen. Uh, We started the interview, and this person was very far to the left to the point that uh, they were very much against Speaker Pelosi. And that's fine, too. We can entertain that conversation. Uh, But the guest uh, crossed the line, in my view. Uh, The guest started to, to talk about Speaker Pelosi's age. And I tried to redirect the conversation back into the, the policy implications and what does this actually mean in terms of, of Taiwan? What does it mean in terms of the United States' relationship with China? And so I tried to redirect back, and the guest uh, immediately went back to Speaker Pelosi's age, and then it got on to uh, her husband, Speaker Pelosi's husband, who, of course, had an unfortunate uh, DUI arrest. And then he started to speculate on everything that that might have meant. Uh, and it was at that point that we ended the conversation and we we shifted. And it was just one of those moments that I, one I thought was incredibly unfortunate because I love to have people on this show from across the political spectrum. And it was one where the guest just crossed the line. I, I gave the guest two chances uh, to get onto a principle or a policy or a solution or a point of view and when it just keeps going to personal attacks, uh, it doesn't work. And I don't care what side of the aisle they're from. Uh, it doesn't work. And it doesn't work for this show. Uh, and we had a few people chime in on the on the text line last week, uh, one calling for the guests to stop uh, and that they were being rude and inconsiderate and projecting a lot uh, onto the speaker and to her family. And, of course, we did that. And uh, others jumped on and said, thank you for ending that conversation. Uh, and we will always do that. Uh, While we will always entertain a positive conversation, 
regardless of the position. Uh, we have had a wide a range of people on this show uh, from the far left to the far right and everything in between. And we can have that conversation and we invite that conversation because it makes us all think better and more clearly. Uh, but this was a guest that uh, won't be coming back on the show uh, because we don't tolerate and we don't reward bad behavior. And it's the same thing that we all have to make sure we're doing. We talked earlier in the show today uh, about a lot of the, the fundraising emails that are now plopping into your email box. And the fact that the uh, FEC has now made it easier for campaigns to get past your spam filter on the idea that if they restrict getting those emails into your proper inbox, that they are somehow uh, discriminating against one party or the other or one set of beliefs versus another. And and I get that from uh, an equal opportunity standpoint. Uh, but so often these political fundraising emails uh, are just a horrible mix of over-exaggeration, conflation, misrepresentation, uh, and the highest quantity of all caps and exclamation points ever. Uh, and I think while I'm not for a lot of regulatory regimes, uh, I do think we can have a regulation on how many all caps you can use on a fundraising email that hits your inbox. Uh, because sadly, the the purveyors of anger and fear and frustration are just trying to do that. Uh, you've heard me describe the shampoo bottle model, lather, rinse, repeat. And that's how they raise money. Lather you up, get you angry, get you frustrated. Let you rinse that off with a nice $25, dollars $7,500 contribution. And then they repeat. And sadly, they have conditioned us and we've allowed ourselves to be conditioned to respond inappropriately to negative base emotions. We've become like Pavlov dog and worse, worse, we are validating bad behavior. And now Google has actually made it easier for those emails to get in your inbox. So this is uh, your warning and forewarning of what's coming over the next several months as we march towards the November election. And I'm on mailing lists for Democrats and I'm on mailing lists for Republicans. And once you're on those lists, you're on them forever. And you'd be amazed at what comes in. And of course, they're polar opposites but they're all driving wedges and they're all making money off of wedges. And I remain convinced that if you want to build a bridge, if you want to bridge a divide, you can't, you cannot continue to drive the wedge deeper. You have to remove the wedge. That's the only way you can begin to bridge that divide. But sadly, we have a lot of people with a lot of hammers and they love to drive those ever deeper. And granted, wedge issues have always been a part of American politics. And over the last decade, those wedges have been weaponized to a mind-boggling and deeply depressing level, in my view. And way too many politicians, way too many activist organizations, the anger industrial complex is alive and well. Lobbyists, elected officials, influence peddlers of all kinds have decided they would rather drive a lucrative wedge for fundraising than they would to build a bridge of understanding and improvement. 
And while it is true that raising money and winning elections on divisive wedge issues is a way to have power, but it always prevents good policy and real progress for the American people. And I'm convinced it is the driving of wedges that is blocking this country from having real conversations about real issues like health care, immigration, education, poverty, addiction, the national debt, mental health, and the list goes on and on. We've seen divisive wedge issues impacting race relations, prejudice, criminal justice, discrimination, law enforcement. And again, pounding on wedges only drives them deeper. And ignoring the wedges altogether just allows them to burrow in even further. And you know what happens when you drive that wedge deeper and deeper, whether it's into a log or a tree. Eventually, the divide deepens and ultimately it splits. So the opportunists are going to drive a lot of wedges over the next several months as we march towards the November midterms. But what are we going to do? Are we going to jump on and add to the driving of those wedges? Or are we going to be the ones who once and for all say, I'm not donating to that. I'm not buying into that. There's a better way. And it's called removing the wedges. And it actually takes a great deal of courage. Go find that today. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources. As always, as you go out into the world today, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. KSL FM Midvale. KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on any smart speaker and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio. Utah's all-day companion for news. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.